It's a bonus episode of I'm the Worst. Spanky Jackson, winner of season two of Drag Race Down Under. Before that, New Zealand's House of Drag. And before that, apparently a couple of decades of being an absolute shit, but we'll get to that. We recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people. I respect their elders and I acknowledge them as the ongoing custodians of these lands. A warning, this episode contains some coarse language and a mention of suicide. Spanky is about to tour a brand new solo show called Just The Tip after a year of touring with her drag race mates Hannah Conda and Queen Kong. Yeah, I probably will miss having the girls there with me. And I know we we talk about this all the time. It's like when we go and do individual gigs by ourselves and um, and the one thing that we end up missing the most is like each other because we're just so used to having each other there to... Um, and it's not even for the support, it's just for the laughs, do you know what I mean? Or yes. to laugh at, you know? Um, and it just makes the experience when we've had such good memories doing those things. So I think it just feels strange to be having those memories or sharing that moment and them not be there to share in it. So it's, yeah, we've had a pretty crazy couple of years. We kind of sound really dependent on each other. <laughs> It's been over a year now, hasn't it? Yeah, well, if you like include like filming was in early January yeah. and then by the time it came out and it's been a year since I won. So, yeah, it's it's been a couple of years now. But you feel like you're friends for 50. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 We're going to be old and grey and still paying out on each other. You'd better. Yeah, we will be. <laughs> Queen even sent me a message before, which was like two old ladies at 92 being like reunion in the, the rest home and... Um, one of the old ladies goes up and is like, I fucking hate you. And then she was like, that's going to be us. Yeah, so it will be. Great. I love it. <laughs> the real Joan Rivers scenario. You really want to be working right up until the Yeah, last totally. Breath, until you? I die. I'd rather, like, I always used to say when I was in my 20s that I envisioned, I mean, I didn't even think I'd make it to 30, to be fair, because I partied my ass off Sorry, in my really? 20s. Yeah, totally. I was such a fiend, honestly. Um, my 20s, I lived in the clubs. I breathed it. I had one night off a week. I was out six nights a week. Um, yeah, I was crazy. So I never thought I'd make it to 30. So <laughs> I'm pretty surprised that this rest of this time's happened, to be fair. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to configure this. I didn't realise that. Because you, yeah. you do um, something about your essence speaks like wholesome. Like, I don't oh. know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like Hannah's yeah. like, yeah, I used to party really hard. Yeah, I'm like, totally. Yes, makes sense. I yeah. read that. And yeah. then with you, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. I just like I what like a girl. I don't know. What did I picture you like <laughs> making salads and playing yeah, netball? Totally. I don't know. Playing cards outside. No, God <laughs> no. No, I was a shit. Yeah, absolute okay. shit. Um, so all right, but and yet you're not talking like a reformed partier. You just. You just, I just you've quietened down a little. Oh, yeah, definitely. Haven't. I mean, when I moved back to New Zealand, obviously, <laughs> the scene changed a little bit. You know, I was having drinks with, you know, sheep in the field instead of people in a club. But, mm. um, you know, that that kind of had an effect on that as well. But um, that's kind of when I was, you know, I was 30. I'd just turned 30 when I ended up moving home. So um, I was at that point in life where you kind of start questioning everything. Where am I going? What am I doing? Who am I? Um, what have I been doing? Um, oh my god! Isn't that what everyone know? says at the end of their twenties? Like, what yeah. did I? What have I done? Yeah, and I did nothing but have fun and mm. you know, get laid and party pretty much. Oh my god! Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you so much. I mean, that's really the essence of Maggie Jackson. To be fair, like, 
Um, that's where it came from. All the wrong things at the wrong time, you know, like my drag mum would always be like, oh, you can't swear in public and you can't do that. And of course, I just completely bucked across all of that because I was like, no, fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to do this. <laughs> and um, and that's kind of just where her personality's kind of come from. But it's really just an amplification of who I am, really. That's how I look at it. Wow. All right. Great. <laughs> I mean, you know. I know there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, there's so much to unpack. <laughs> I mean, I, t- I asked you to tell me a story of um, <laughs> of, of uh, mischief or wrongdoing and I'm just, am I getting it right when I'm like, is this coming from your 20s? Are you going to oh. tell me about it? Oh, no, I'm still like, um, I still like to live on the edge, I guess. But um, no, definitely much quieter. I'm the one who goes home first um, out of the three of us. So, okay. yeah, I know. Or I don't go out at all. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm kind of Susie Homemaker now. I'd rather do the washing and cook, a, you know, a home-cooked meal and the girls go out and then they come back, you know, that kind of thing. What's your special dish? The girls are partial to a spag bowl. Oh, of course. Um, and because, you know, it's very cheap, effective, um, but I do like to cook it for, four, you know, four or five hours to let it, you know, the flavours really juice yeah. into it. Um, or a peach cobbler. What? Um, yeah. Oh, I'm a pr- bit of a so house cook, yeah. Cute. Yeah. And we do that when we go away is like one night I'll cook a home-cooked meal and then we all have a family meal as well. So, yeah. And then they go out. Oh, look, they, they yeah. drag me out as well. They, yeah, great. <laughs> so we went to America. Um, and obviously the drinks hit different. Have you been to America? Yeah, I have. Yeah, so the drinks hit differently, right? So, of course, like, you know. Do you think it's the time difference? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, it's a heavy pour. It's no, a it's heavy the, pour. It's the free pour. Like, it yeah. is. You know, they've got both bottles going at the same time. And you're like, okay, great. I think that's what you get when people are playing for tips. That's the thing in Australia yeah. and New Zealand. People yeah. are like getting paid wages, so they don't want to. They don't want to take. <laughs> I don't care about giving you extra. No, in America, it's nah. like I need these tips. Well, they need the tip. Yeah, but also I think just the tip. Yeah, right. See what you did there. See, mm. guys, twenty seventh, twenty eighth at Sydney French. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like even working through bars, like with drag and stuff like that is that I think bar people here or managers are a lot more strict on, you know, they'll put lines on bottles yeah, so that they know exactly how much has gone from it. So it kind of defeats the purpose in a way as well. But yeah, you're very right. Like in America, they will give you the drink to get the tip and <laughs> I gave them the tip. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'd had probably four or five too many gin and sodas, but and a shot there is like a, you know, like our short glass that you would get like a spirit mm, in. Mm-hmm. That's a shot is the whole glass pretty much. So I'd had a few of those as well. Um, and then they were going to kick me out of the Abbey. So because <laughs> like, oh, maybe it's time to take her home. Then I'm throwing up on the rainbow, um, the painted rainbow crossing <laughs> um, in LA. Wow. I know, super That's cute. hot. Wouldn't like, that be a great like fringe show poster? Oh, totally. Because yeah. I was throwing up, Queen's rubbing my back being like, let it out, girl. <laughs> yeah, that's right, girl. Let it go. Hannah's like on the street and these people were laughing across at me. And of course, Hannah <laughs> nearly gets in a fight because she's like, please don't laugh at my friend. She's no. just feeling really sick, like full on. Oh, that's so cute. I See, know. I thought she would have just been pointing and laughing no, too. No, Hannah's, oh, <laughs> Hannah's a mother. She's like, no, don't laugh at my friend. How what? do you do that? And then they put me in a cab and put me to bed. So, um, And then they went out the next day and needless to say, I did not. <laughs> did not go out? <laughs> no, I did not. You'd had enough. No, mm-hmm. I'd had enough, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah more than enough were you a naughty kid yeah i was a shit of a kid yeah you were a shit of a kid yeah 
I um, I just got you painted all wrong. Yeah, I was a shit of a kid. You know, I was um, adopted when I was two. So I was adopted by my nana and granddad. I'm still in the same family, so I'm very fortunate to have that. And I know my birth mother and all of that. Um, but I was just a terror. I mean, I grew up in a rural country town. I was very clearly flamboyant and gay and... Um, I was going to do what I was going to do when I wanted to do it. And no, nobody could tell me otherwise. So, you know, I was sneaking out of the house at 13 with my 18-year-old girlfriend who used to buy me cigarettes at the, the dairy. And then we'd go and drink homebrew rum and um, I would throw up all over the pool hall again. And I jumped a cab once with one of the girls after I went hitchhiking at 13. And um, absolute shit. Wow. Do you reckon you – I mean, did you just – have a sense of I'm not going to fit in anyway, so I may as well. Um, I don't know. I think – I don't know. I think I had a lot of bad influences at that time as well because I grew up in, you know, a country town. There wasn't a lot to do. So no. you do kind of fall in with the wrong friends or, you know, and, and we were smoking and all of that yeah. kind of stuff. So you just kind of – I think it just naturally kind of happens. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think that's changed for any kids, to be fair. Um, I think it's probably even worse now. But, um, yeah, I think there was just a little bit of, like, I'm going to rebel. And I just kind of never stopped. So I've never been one for rules. I don't like rules. Rules are meant to be broken. Um, and rules are there to control people. Um, but, you know, I've learned as an adult rules <laughs> after working with kids. Um, rules are necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it kind of went threefold, to be honest. But yeah, no, I was an absolute shit of a kid. Oh yeah. my god! So you worked with kids. What was it when you encountered the kid yeah. that was the little shit? Yeah. Did that mean you actually kind of liked that one the best? Nah. Well, I mean, I loved all of the kids. So, and I would find even the the asshole kid. You know what I mean? Like you would always find there was always something about them that you just couldn't you couldn't help but love. Yeah. You know. Whether it was the way that they talked to another kid when they were, like, bullying them or something like that. And I would just have to turn away and, and laugh because I'd just be like, fuck, that was me. Like, this this kid is me, you know? Yeah. And, um, and of course, I was living with my parents because we were going through my dad's sickness and everything. And, of course, I would come home and I would, you know, tell mum and dad these, these wonderful stories of <laughs> what had happened at work. And my parents would pass themselves. And they would just tell me payback is a bitch, you know? And... <laughs> Um, and yeah, they would absolutely relish in the stories because there was all sorts that happened working with kids. Fucking hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolute minefield. Yeah. 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 I did it for a little while. Oh, I God. It's horrendous, eh? It's so exhausting. It's exhausting. It's yeah. really. I miss, I miss the reward that I got from working with the kids. Like, I felt like, especially be, me just being me and not explaining anything and not, you know, answering the questions in that way. Um, I think by just my sheer presence was enough to kind of help some of these kids see that it's okay to be a little bit different or it's okay to not like that and it's okay to not be like those ones or um, to try and find the thing that makes them them, you know. That's the thing that makes you special is because you're not like them. You don't need to be like them, you know. Um, So I do miss that reward that there was a a sense of satisfaction that I I had at the end of the day in a way, even though I was ripping my hair out and I just was like, fuck up. But um, there was such a reward that was unexpected when I'd finished and kind of had time to reflect on it. Yeah, I feel the same. Mm. Yeah, I really really miss that 
weird feedback because mm. you know how they. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Weird feedback. I love that. Oh, you know That's what the they bit. think, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, weird feedback mm. is exactly mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. And not afraid to like, you know, tell you like it is. Hey, look, yeah. I, you know, sometimes, <laughs> like I remember when I first started it because I was clearly different than anybody the kids had ever had before. <sighs> and of course I was just super flamboyant. Like I didn't give a fuck. I was Mrs. Doubtfire with pants, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, and so, actually, to be fair, the more I was there, the more I became Mr. G, which was even more oh, fucked. God. Yeah, yeah I right. Know, right. Okay. And um, and so through that time, what, you, t- what ages were you working? Oh, with? Five to fourteen. Yeah. Okay. So, quite, so as broad so as possible. Broad, oh my quite god. Quite a broad range. Five-year-olds and fourteen-year-olds do they mix so well? Uh, yeah. D- yeah oh, no, they don't. No, no not they at don't. all. And um, of course, I used to get all the time. You know, oh, why do you sound like a girl? Or um, do you have a girlfriend? Do you have a boyfriend? You know, are you married? And oh, and I remember. Oh my god! How much do kids ask? Are you married? I know. Honestly, and I was like, think outside it, the box, kids. Totally. I was like, does it matter? Yeah. Like, does it matter? That was always my response, until one day where this girl said to me, she was like, "But if you don't have anybody, you're not, you're going to end up alone forever." <laughs> and I was just like, absolutely shattered by that. <laughs> and you know why I went home and I thought. How did this little kid make me feel so insecure? Like in that one moment, hey, but they they have a gift for just calling it like it is. Wow. And I think we lose that as adults, which is something that's their superpower, I think. If you want me to look you in the eye and tell you <laughs> that you're going to die alone, I can do that for you. I mean, she already did. So I think we've already, You've already, got, the big, had that already got the message. Yeah, loud and clear. In what ways, is, what ways is working with drag queens like working with children, I wonder? High it, emotional it levels, right? It, well, a lot of like stroking of egos. You know what I mean? You look oh. great, girl. Oh no, honestly, your makeup looks fabulous today. You know, a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. don't. I think your mum and dad do love yeah. you. A little <laughs> bit of that. Do you? <laughs> the truth is, they don't, and they still don't, girl. So get over it. Have a beverage, you know, and go and find a boyfriend. You know, you were that person in the drag race. I don't want to talk about drag race yeah. for too much, but you were that. You could tell yeah. you'd work with kids because you had so much patience for yeah. people's emotional tantrums. Yeah, I think like I'm I'm not I don't feed into people's emotions. I never have. I I know it's crazy, but I've always been kind of what's it called like an empath. So I can I can feel the energy in a room. I can feel how somebody's feeling. You understand it. Yeah. But you don't but it doesn't drive you crazy. Well, it's not it's not something that I'm going to take on. Okay. You know, there's those people who you know, have that need of like, oh, fuck, my friend's like going through this thing. Oh, I'm going to drop everything. I'm going to go there and I'm going to like, you know, make their life better. And it's like, no, fuck off, bitch. Go and sort your own fucking life out. Because mm-hmm. if you really started looking at it, girl, you should start at home. Just saying. <laughs> but there's those people who feel that need to be needed, you know, and they, they feed into it. So somebody's feeling down. Oh, well, now I'm feeling down. And I'm just yeah. not that person. You know, when you're in high school... And the girls and the clique and stuff like that, you know, oh, one, this one's pregnant and oh my God, we're going to go and take her to have a pregnancy test. And, you know, this one over here's broken up with her boyfriend, you know, of two days and blah, blah, blah. And, and when you're a teenager, you just feed into it, you know, you used to take it on and take it home and it would become my problem. And um, I learned that from that period of time is that you, it's not my problem. You can be there to support, but you don't have to take it on. So yeah yeah you can feel it and you can offer advice what they do with that advice is up to them um definitely working with the kids has changed me in some way it has because i was just like nah fuck off 
but it has changed me. Um, and in moments of that, I mean, yeah, we're in a competition, but I'm a firm believer on, you know, we can still be competitive without being pricks. And tearing somebody or playing mind games when somebody's feeling low is probably the lowest form of trying to win and manipulation. And I'm a firm believer that if I'm going to win, I'm going to win because I won, you know, not because I fucked with your head to get there. So. And then you won. Hello. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Yeah. Twice, yeah. I can't believe they could even bother painting you as an underdog. I mean, mm. hello. But, mm. I mean, I, I was under no illusions during that whole time that I was even going to make it to the end, to be fair. So I was quite happy to just be there and participating. So, And that was my whole, I think that's what got me to the end, was that um, that first episode really put the wind right up me and I was like, fuck, I'm not going home. Do you know, I... um. I'm going to have to check and see if I have to edit this bit out. Oh, okay. But Reese said to me <laughs> that after you came out in the no pants, he and Michelle Visage walked to their dressing rooms and said to each other, well, bye-bye, Spanky. Oh, wow. And then you did the lip sync and they shared a look like, she's going to be okay. Yeah, she's going to be okay. I mean, they put the shit up me. Yeah, it really yeah, did. Yeah, they really... And I didn't expect it either. Like, I, when I looked around the room... You were just there to have fun. I was. And even when I look at my outfit and I looked around the room and I was thinking, you know what? Like, okay, it's not the greatest. <laughs> but I was like, compared to some of these other outfits, I thought it was really creative. I thought that I had done... So I had used something else that nobody else yes. had used. I'd spray painted it. Like, I had tried to make it look different. Was it falling apart and was I wearing no pants? Yes. But was that also very me? Yes. Yep. And that's that's what I wanted the first episode to be about. So I took notes after that episode and <laughs> didn't make the same mistakes again. I've made some corrections. <laughs> I can win growth. now. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah some yeah. growth. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, well, usually we end this pod with a confession of a story of something bad you've done. And um, you've just told me about being an absolutely shit kid mm. and um, – I just, can you think of a story in particular? Oh, I could tell you a million stories. Yeah, to be I can't, fair. I'm yeah. realizing that you're, now. You're starting to realize that there's quite a few stories. Um, okay, something really bad that I was, I'm quite ashamed of. To be fair, is that when I was young, quite young, I used to work for the SPCA. And um, I know, and terrible. And, oh, no, um, you can see me bracing. This is... I know. Um, and I was just going through a stage at that point. I don't know what was quite going on, but... Now, this is the Society of Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Oh, yeah, totally. I wasn't being cruel to animals. Okay. Don't worry, guys. No, no. no oh, God. Good. You could see I was clenching. Oh, oh no. God. I wasn't going to do that. Um, no, okay. I just so would you'll... steal from the donations box, unfortunately. <laughs> I know, so I was taking the food away from the cats, but I was about 10 or 11 at the time, yeah. Hang on, what, sorry, you were working for the SPCA when yeah, you were like 10 or 11? it was after school, just like you... feeding the animals and stuff, and then, yeah, I was just such a bad shit of a kid. I mean, I was doing it at home Hang too. Hang on, but you were, okay, you were still, okay. Yeah. I just went through a phase of it, you know, five bucks here, whatever. But I think that really, like, it actually stemmed from, because I kind of used the money, it would be like, you'd go and buy lollies or something like that where you would end up sharing it with kids. So I think at the time I was really struggling with finding friends and things like that. And I thought if I had, you know, certain things that that would make friendship easier. And I think a lot of so kids do that as well, you know. Yeah, so the money was about the money so that you'd that. have something to offer. That's right. Yeah, it was. But and it's very embarrassing to talk about now. But, you know, I was a kid and we all <laughs> do fucking stupid things do when you, we're kids. Do you... um. 
So that you just slide your little tiny 10-year-old hand into the donation box and yeah. you'd take everything? Or? Just whatever I could grab, yeah. you just grab like whatever, might be whatever note. notes on top. Yeah, note. And then it would be like, I'll slip that out and yeah, off and I went. Yeah. No one would ever notice. Oh, no, I got... <laughs> No, I got found out. No, oh, I got found out. And so this is out. actually the story of how you stop working for yeah, the SPCA. Well, and stop stealing full stop. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, because mum and dad, like, um, obviously this SPCA had found out. and um, Did they... S- what they'd done was mark a note. <gasps> no! Oh, no! <laughs> and I'd taken the note and then, of course, they were like, give us the note. And, of course, they had the mark on it. So then, of course, they called mum and dad and then mum and dad gave me some punishment where I had to, like, give something back to them. Um... I can't remember what it was, but um, yeah, we learned a, a hard lesson at that point in life. But it wasn't because I was stealing because I wanted the money. It was about f- trying to find friends because I was just so different from the other kids. I just didn't, I didn't have good friends growing up as a kid, you know, primary school kid um, towards the end of primary school. Um, yeah, I was always on the outside. So it was that thing of like I've got something to offer and you know what kids are like and now the thing is I can only really recognize this now since I worked with kids is that I can see the patterns of like how I ended up there why I would do the things I would do like um watching kids in a group like that of 60 to 100 is fascinating because the group dynamics oh group dynamic one kid could tip a hundred kids, you know? How in, there's always one kid at the center of the always storm. like there's one is the puppet master. They don't yep. they might not even realise. No. But there's there's always this witch or wizard in 100%. there. hundred percent. And they can turn the whole group in two seconds. It is yep. terrifying. And it is terrifying because if you don't get that kid on board, you're fucked. Like you're fucked. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you just remove them. One or the other. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's easier to be like, oh no, the trip's full. Um <laughs> Uh, just, uh, just letting you know that um, I, I caught little Jack here stealing from the donation yeah. box. Um, so he's, <laughs> no, that was he's just not me. coming on oh the excursion. God, I know. Fuck. You never stole again? No, not after that. That was kind of, it was um, stealing things kind of happened, to, yeah, like I said, towards the end of primary school. Um, and then that was the the um, the straw that broke the camel's back. To yeah, be like so. getting found out. Just well, meant... just that the whole embarrassment of it all was fucked. Oh, well, yeah. just... But you were only embarrassed in front of your parents. Yeah, I mean, that was fine. I mean, I was never allowed to go back to the SBCA again after that. Yeah. But, you know, oh, well. Um, How do you... Yeah. Are you all right around cats now or is it triggering? Oh, no, do you know what? I actually am not a huge animal lover at all. I don't mind them. It's it's not like I'm going to throw one across the room. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I do love them. As long as they're not mine, I wouldn't have one because they like having a child. You've yeah. got to feed and clothe it and love it. And I don't have time for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Get outside, yeah. Yeah. And the f- pet hair. It's really about the pet hair, to be honest. And I don't like those skinless, you know, pets Oh, no, you don't want a hairless animal. That's right. You don't want a foreskin running around the floor. You know what I mean? You don't like the hair, but you don't want them without the hair. I mean, in my mouth, We're it's fine. We're just talking about, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but just the cats. Yeah, no, nah, it's just... Couldn't do it. Cats, dogs, I don't... I mean, we've always had pets. It's not like it's a crazy thing, but I just wouldn't have one. I'm just too irresponsible in that way. Okay, why were you volunteering for the SPCA then? What is this? I don't know. Where did that come from? I don't even know how it happened, to be fair. I can't even remember. I think it was some, like... 
you know, like when you do those stupid things for school where it's like you go and volunteer right. or something. I think that may have been how it happened. And Maybe then initiated kind of, by the school. Yeah, and then I think that's kind of it progressed. Like, oh, you did a good job, and then it just kind of. This is a theatrical young just, boy. <laughs> Let's send him to groom the cats. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what put me off pussy as well. So <laughs> I was like, you know, I was um, I was done at that point. <laughs> No more stealing, no more pussy. No, no. Great. Okay. No, not at that stage, yeah. Oh, I Don't. understand you so much better now. I know, yeah. Absolute yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your show about at Fringe? <laughs> it's about how much of a shit I was. No. Re- was yeah, it? Is yeah. it really? I mean, it's not all of it. Like I said, it's just the tip. Um but it really is the the journey of me growing up as a kid in a small country town um, and being extremely flamboyant. I mean, I was wearing zebra flares down the street of Fielding at 14, so um, while the cows went past. So, <laughs> you know, I was out there for the 90s, yeah. Yeah. Out there. I've got, I've got a lovely mate from small town, yeah. New Zealand, who was closeted for so long. Like yeah. he, but you couldn't. There was no question for you. You were uh, not. You were never going to be a closeted kid. You were never going to play it straight and dress dress like a farmer. And nah, fuck that. I mean, oh the God, thing was that's... is that I always, you know, I was never short of a girlfriend. I always had girlfriends. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, that was never an issue. Um, but I was always flamboyant, and and I always looked at you know boys' clothes when I was growing up, and you know you'd go to Kmart or fucking wherever mum and dad would take me and you'd always end up with boring ass clothes everything yeah. was navy blue black so brown boring. girls clothes were bright pink with sequins and you know cool things and scrunchies and um and i was just used to look oh, at scrunchies but no but like you, you know, use them as an example of glamour the glamour no, of a scrunchie no, no the glamour is those flop up hats with the fucking sunflower on the top the, the um, blossom hat oh, the blossom hat <laughs> the blossom hat. Did you get yourself a no, blossom God, hat? No, nah, nah. I didn't have a blossom hat. I can't even remember a line, but I, f- I do remember. If I got you a blossom hat, hat, would you wear oh, it? Oh yeah, I'd so wear it. Okay. I, I feel like the sunflower is going to come back in soon. So, surely, you know, Keeps... like and the suns and moons. Remember when that was a thing too? Like, oh, yeah, and yeah, the yeah, f- yeah, yeah. Like, it's all going to come back in soon, right? <laughs> Like, yeah, I will take your blossom hat because it'll I'm probably come get, in handy. Okay, I'm going to get you a blossom hat. The <laughs> blossom hat is a ridiculous hat. Because, it so is. Because you're going to get a sunburnt nose. Oh, it's, yeah, totally. Because you flop up the it's front. It's not even practical. And it's like it doesn't, yeah, exactly. It makes no sense. It's and gonna, the sunflower should be on the top. No, why is it on the flap? You know? Why is it on the flap? It's so yeah. weird. And <laughs> it's going to ruin flowers your on their flap? You're you know? going to get flat hair <laughs> and a sunburnt nose and your flowers on your flap. I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah. fucked. But they were like... That was the thing, you know. I um, I just loved colour and movement. And I think I always... I think growing up... I think I always kind of questioned my gender, I suppose. Um, I was always like I'd be in mum's clogs. Or I was always finding pieces of fabric to make into dresses in my room. Or if I was at school and we had spare fabric, I'd be doing that or I'd be at my cousin's and I'd be in the Minnie Mouse skirt or um, there were so many of these moments through life. I mean, I went to like a book day at school, primary school, when a dress that I changed into before I went there. I did my first Hang drag on. show. And what, co- what costume was it? What were you meant to be at book week? Okay, so yeah, it was book week, but 
I had lied and because the movie Priscilla had okay. come out by that point, right? Yeah. And so I remember watching a documentary which was about both Australian films and it was called, um, oh, what was it called? Two Weddings and a, a, a Wedding and, and Two Drag Queens or something. Three Drag Queens and a Wedding or something yeah. like that. It's just a, a documentary on Muriel's Wedding and Priscilla and mm-hmm. it was kind of combined about Australian film. And I don't know, I remember seeing this, but I was at primary school. And, um, of course, yeah, I was like, right, I'm going to put on a dress and go to school. And I didn't think anything otherwise. I didn't tell my parents about it, obviously. Um, so I did change on the way. You and changed then, on the way to school. Yeah, and went to school with a dress. I did my first drag show in front of my whole high school, my whole rural high school at 14. I did I Will Survive. And um, well, that's a classic to start with. I mean, it happened, and um, yeah, but I there was Hang just on, at an assembly at a yeah, concert, yeah, like lunch a date, time, a lunchtime, lunchtime concert. Uh, uh, did they let you have an hour to prep? Did you just have to? Oh no, it dressed, just like it wasn't like really oh no, fast. babes. This is what like high school, so mm-hmm. it was like barely any makeup. I mean, it might have been a tiny bit of lipstick and a bit of glitter chucked on, but I had a wig on and I had this um. It was such a cool purple and white checked skirt, you know, like a netball skirt that I found at the mm-hmm. op shop. Um, and, yeah, I was mincing my crack up and down that hall, thought I was all that in a bag of potato chips, man. And I, I did it, you what, know. W- what was the response like? I mean, you had half of them yelling, oh, you fucking faggot. And then you've got the other half who was just like, yes, bitch, you know. So um, that really sums up my whole school life, to be fair, because there was always people in my corner and then there were always people on the other. So... Um, but it's interesting now as an adult and despite everything that's kind of happened for me, um, there have been many of these moments where the very people that, you know, used to make my life hell or, um, used to make fun of me or whatever have actually messaged me and, you know, said, look, I'm so sorry for the way that, you know, we treated you back then and, um, how much they actually really admire me that I never let people break me or back down. And, and there were homos that went to school, you know. One of them, unfortunately, he committed suicide because he couldn't handle it. And um, I knew he was, but, um, yeah, he, yeah, unfortunately passed away. And, um, and or they get driven out or they, they get to a point where, you know, they get bashed or whatever all the time. So it just, they have to move schools. And um, fortunately for me, I was, <laughs> I had a mouth on me like a venomous snake. So I could talk my way out of any situation. Um but not only that, I had enough people who supported me on the other side that, um, yeah, I was always kind of looked after, which was the saving grace, I suppose. Mm. Wow. I know. My life is like, honestly, that's why this is just the tip. It's like the next show, I think, is going to be called The Whole Fist. Um, <laughs> and um, because there's just, there are and so... And then the, the third one will be called The Cleanup. No, that. <laughs> are you into splonking? Um <laughs> No, uh, yeah, it's there, there's so much to tell, but we made it here through the grace of I don't know my <laughs> my bad attitude, my pasty legs, I suppose, have just managed to get me here. Yeah. Well, mate, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. On being officially <laughs> in showbiz because of your uh, irrepressible personality. Great. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Right. Effervescent. Yeah. yeah she's effervescent. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. Oh, man. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're so welcome. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. So, Sydney Fringe, 27th and 28th, and also Melbourne Fringe on the 20th and 21st of October. So Good. I yeah. was going to do that. I'll probably do that again at the end. All right. You good. do that. <laughs> <laughs> Get your tickets. Yeah. Great. All right. And I'll just give you those dates again. Sydney Fringe, 27 and 28 September, and Melbourne Fringe, 20 and 21 October. Any talk of suicide can be too much talk. So if you're feeling it, 13, 11, 14, to talk to the good people at Lifeline. I'll be doing the Wanderer Festival 29th of September to the 1st of October in Pambula Beach on the New South Wales South Coast. Django Django, Thelma Plum, the Jungle Giants, many more, and three silly little comedians, myself, Tom Ballard and Broncus. Next episode's guest is performing there too. Teen rock star is momentarily uncool.